Welcome to Funds in Focus by the senior members of the investment strategy team at FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds. Join our experts as they explore how current market trends are shaping the investment landscape. In each episode, you'll learn how a specific FlexShares ETF operates and how the market has impacted the fund along with the potential long-term implications of your client's portfolio. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Funds in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Jehan Mady. I'd like to welcome back Mark Carlson, Senior Investment Strategist, and also welcome for the first time, Daniel Phillips, the Director of Asset Allocation Strategy. Thank you both for joining me today. There's a shortage of supplies all across the global economy and prices continue to increase. Several factors are driving this crunch, so this has all eyes on inflation. Today, we look at the red hot natural resource sector and how FlexShares Morningstar Global Natural Resource Index ETF, ticker symbol GUNR, Gunner, can potentially offer investors economical balance and efficient exposure to a broad swath of these natural resource markets. Mark, I'll go ahead and start with you. Let me ask you to cover the hot topics in natural resources and why are so many natural resource markets running so hot right now and what are some of the hottest sectors? Uh, hi, Jan, and uh, let me first say I'm glad to be back on Funds and Focus. So let's call the current situation in natural resources and commodities a perfect storm for prices, combination of rising demand and supply constraints. Demand was beginning to perk up in the third quarter of 2002 from economies reopening, as well as being supported by monetary and fiscal policy. Then demand kicked into high gear when the economy received a couple booster shots in the form of the November elections with the prospect for increased fiscal spending, followed a week later by the Pfizer announcement of the COVID vaccine efficacy, and then the January Georgia Senate runoff election and the outlook for even greater fiscal support. However, on the supply side, factories, mines, drilling rigs, you name it, were either running at reduced capacity or were shuttered entirely due to a drop in demand in the late first quarter uh, early second quarter of 2020. With demand spiking and supplies in many sectors running short, the rules of economics take over, meaning that prices were set to rise. Now, some of the hottest segment, segments that have drawn attention, especially in the media, let's start with lumber. Sawmills were forced to shut down in 2020 due to the risk of spreading COVID among the workforces, just as demand for boards was set to explode Due to demand from housing, from consumers fueled by low interest rates and a migration to ex-urban environments. Inventory of boards were quickly depleted, causing lumber prices to skyrocket. In the last 12 months, lumber board prices are up over 375% as mills are now running flat out to increase supplies. However, I will point out that wood and paper pulp prices are only up a fraction versus that of boards. So this inflation event is more highly correlated to U.S. housing demand than to a supply shortage of millable timberlands. Now, another hot sector is copper. Everyone's hearing about copper. And again, we had issues with copper smelting plants and mines globally forced to shut down or move into capacity reductions because of COVID. Demand began to pick up when China was the first major economy to reopen and combine that with expanding housing demand and U.S. and global auto production. The global movement towards decarbonization is supportive of copper demand as the average electric vehicle uses as much as 10 times the amount of copper 
versus a gasoline or diesel combustion vehicle. Copper recently topped $10,000 a ton and is up nearly 100% in the last 12 months. And you can't talk about inflation without discussing oil. In April 2020, oil prices actually went negative on a dramatic drop in demand in market futures technicalities. What followed was a slow return of demand as economies began to reopen, but more importantly, crude production by OPEC and U.S. productions has been fairly disciplined in allowing oil prices to recover, which are now trading in a range of, say, $55 to $65 a barrel since the end of January. This puts the price of oil up relative, roughly 175% over the last 12 months. Now, these are just three of the many natural resource sectors experiencing strong performance driven by higher demand and supply issues. Yeah, that's very interesting. So do you think that there are sectors that appear to be at risk for overheating or alternatively any that are lagging that have some that still have upside potential? I only ask this because often we highlight to investors the advantages of Gunner's balanced approach for strategic allocations to natural resources. Yeah, that's a great point, Jahan. Because of all the momentum supporting natural resources could eventually slow or even retreat, investors would be well-served to watch for pockets of overheating in areas where favorable long-term trends may continue to support prices. Now, increased production by oil producers is always a risk to higher oil prices, as the attractiveness of, this, of higher short-term prices often proves to be just too enticing for producers versus supporting longer-term industry fundamentals through price discipline. This is always a concern for investors when investing in energy resources. Now, as I mentioned earlier, lumber mills are expected to eventually catch up with demand. And currently the futures curve for lumber already reflects an outlook for lower prices as shortages wane and home building, at least in North America, is expected to enter its usual seasonal decline in the winter months, leading to lower demand for boards. Now, one area that we're looking at is aluminum prices, which are up smartly since the COVID shutdown, but have trailed copper's price performance. However, longer term prices of aluminum could be supported as the metal can be utilized as a substitute for copper. Should copper prices become unmoored from market fundamentals, the risk of substitution increases, opening expanded markets for aluminum and other metals, and with it, increased demand and the prospects for higher prices. Now, Fletcher's inspiration for the design of the investment strategy backing natural resource exposure and Gunner was to create a balanced strategic vehicle to gain exposure to global natural resource companies in order to achieve the investment objectives of intermediate term inflation hedging, opportunities for capital appreciation, and additionally, the potential for generation of current income. Gunner's design provides investors with balanced exposure to a broad expanse of natural resources, including energy, metals, which are both industrial and precious, agriculture, timber, and water resources. Versus a trading mentality seeking to catch the hottest markets. With this design, Gunner investors do not need to time sectors in the natural resource market. This serves as an ideal solution for long-term investment objectives within the natural resource sector. Now, I've spent the first part of our time here covering different sectors in natural resources and how Gunner is constructed to provide investors with exposure to these sectors. What I'd like to do now 
is bring in Dan Phillips, uh, Director of Asset Allocation with Northern Trust Asset Management. And Dan, thanks for joining us today. And in my discussions with advisors and investors, I'm often asked about how they should be implementing uh, a position in natural resources. Would you do our advisors a favor and go over how NTAM approaches asset allocation and how you and your team incorporate natural resources into client portfolios? Well, definitely. Thanks, Mark, for having me. So um, with natural resources and frankly, with any asset class, if we're thinking about adding it to our strategic and tactical asset allocation mix, we ask really three questions. One would be, why do we have it or why do we need it? How do we find how do we fund it? And how do we go about implementing? So let me go through those three questions quickly. So what is the purpose of natural resources in our portfolio? Why do we feel the need to include it? And really, the, the key reason for it is the protection that it provides against higher inflation expectations. Now, for, uh, for a long time, we've had to just say to our clients and, and to advisors when I speak to them that just trust us. If inflation expectations go higher, natural resources will provide some form or, or at least take advantage of that. Now, over the last six months or so, we've actually seen the anecdotal proof of that. So that's one point. Two, thinking about geopolitical events, natural resources often can be a really nice protection against those types of events also. And then finally, while energy may be on its way out, it's no secret that we are moving to a more green world, that transition is going to take decades to actually occur. And while we are going through this transition, one thing that perhaps investors aren't recognizing or realizing as much is that the necessary evil in making the move over to a greener world will require a lot of the industrial metals that can be found in a natural resource exposure. So that's why we have it in the portfolio. How do we fund this? It is, a, it is definitely what we would call a risk asset, and that would be anything that has equity exposure. So that for us, that is all global equities, which obviously have equity exposure, but also high yield, which is a fixed income instrument, but it has equity exposure in terms of the way it performs, and certainly our real assets, which would have, of course, include natural resources. So when thinking about how to fund an allocation to natural resources, it makes a lot of sense to pull it out of your broader global equity exposure. And it's important to think about the global nature here because the global, the natural resource product that we're talking about today, Gunner has, of course, a global approach to it. And as such, it makes sense to pull from your global exposure within your pre-existing portfolio. So finally, how do we implement? And one of the reasons why we like Gunner so much as our natural resource implementation vehicle is because it is equity-based. This, of course, is in contrast to futures-based approaches out there. And we've never been a big fan of futures-based approaches. In fact, that was one of the big reasons why we were so eager to work with Mark and team to, to utilize the Gunner strategy because futures-based products have to have some specific shortcomings. One, they are overly dependent on collateral yield. That's where a lot of the returns from futures-based products come from or strategies come from. Two, there's always issues with forward curves and futures curves, uh, especially when those curves are in, in contango such that you're losing money every time you have to roll over the contract. 
And as such, and because natural resource equities do not have to deal with those types of headwinds, we've, we've really gravitated to using natural resource equities in our portfolios. And if you look over time, they have effectively provided a much better experience. They have outperformed futures-based in general, in general terms, outperformed futures based both in up markets and in down markets. That's great, Dan. Thanks very much for that insight into how Northern Trust Asset Management implements natural resource strategies and uh, their attractiveness behind uh, natural resource equity exposure through Gunner. At this point, I'd like to turn the podcast back to Jihan. Thank you both. But that's our time for today. And again, thank you both for joining me today. It's been really great hearing both of your perspectives on this. And to our listeners, sources are available in the details and please stay tuned for more Funds and Focus. Thank you for listening to Funds and Focus. You can learn more about us by visiting our website, go.flexshares.com slash funds and focus. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. There is no guarantee that a specific strategy will be successful. ETFs are subject to specific risks, depending on the nature of the underlying strategy of the fund. These risks could include liquidity risk, sector risk, as well as risks associated with fixed income securities, real estate investments, and commodities, to name a few. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. FlexShares Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resources Index Fund, GUNR, is a passively managed, non-diversified fund that invests in global developed or emerging market including the U.S. securities. Foreign and emerging market securities may involve certain risks such as currency volatility, political and social instability, and reduced market liquidity. The fund is subject to global natural resource industry and may also invest in derivative instruments. The fund may be subject to concentration risk of securities in a particular industry or group of industries. Please read the fund's prospectus for specific details regarding the fund's risk profile. Carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses before investing. A prospectus is available at www.flexshares.com. Read it carefully before investing. FlexShares funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.